The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey guys, this is the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta. As we continue to remain under lockdown due to COVID-19, many couples under the same roof are struggling to cope with the stress of forced togetherness. Looking in the face of a future that consists of an indefinite amount of time spent in one another's company, couples are having trouble finding their footing as they adapt to this what you call new normal. According to Forbes, married and engaged couples in quarantine are fighting more than ever. Well, this is hardly surprising. Uh, Anger, irritability, anxiety, and all these other negative emotions may feel intensified right now, especially being confined to your house 24-7. And in fact, according to Psychology Today, family law experts predict a spike in divorce uh, filings after the quarantine ends, as occurred in China just recently. Now, because this is such a common issue among couples today, I think it's crucial to have a conversation about how couples can best cope with these stressors, manage their emotions, and communicate effectively. Joining me today for this conversation is Joan Kelly Walker from The Real Housewives of Toronto. Hi, Joan. Hi. Hi. And our special guest is Lauren Millman. She's a marriage and family counselor, mental health practitioner, behavior and communication specialist, specialist. Today, she's here to lend her expert knowledge on how couples can communicate more thoughtfully, alleviate stress and anger, and even patch up a struggling relationship. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, long time no see or or hear. (laughs) I'm so glad you're still around. How's it going? How are you coping with all this COVID stuff? Well, you know, we're doing doing okay. Uh, I'm lucky that I, you know, have a little bit of extra experience under my belt, but we're a family of five. We've got three teenagers. Uh, we're both working from home. We've got two dogs. So, you know, like everybody else, it's taken some time to get into a groove, and uh, we're just basically taking it one minute at a time. As You know, the situation seems to be very transient as emotions go up and down, but we, uh, we are managing, and I'm going to be sharing with you and your listeners today some of the uh, skills and techniques that I've uh, suggested to my family that are working for us with your audience. And that's awesome. And Joan, you're in a similar situation. You're at mm-hmm. home, I think, with two kids, a husband, two dogs, right? Yeah, two dogs, one cat, two teenagers, a husband. <laughs> and, you know, usually they, like I have the house, uh, you know, not entirely to myself. Usually I have help during the day and I don't have any help. And so I'm the one that's, you know, chief cook and bottle washer. And that's been like a huge shift for us. How's that working out for you, though? Are you okay with it? Well, you know, I get frustrated because, like, some things I need help with and, you know, uh, the kids are either busy doing school or my husband is busy working and I just feel like, you know, I'm doing all of that stuff. But then I have to remember, like, you know what, I did see him feed the dog for me and I did see him take out the garbage for me and I did see him help me move this thing that I needed moved. So, you know, those little things really matter and... You know, I feel like I'm doing my part as much as I can. The kids are in school, and they have to be, and my husband is at work, 
and he has to be. So I'm I'm the one that can actually accommodate everybody a little bit better. That sounds really good. That's a really fabulous attitude to take. You know, it's not about making concessions. It's about, you know, understanding that we're literally all in this together and we're all taking on different responsibilities and in any, you know, working relationship, it's not always going to be 50-50. Sometimes it's going to be 80-20. Sometimes it's going to be 20-80. And it's about, you know, compromising. And and when you need, you know, an extra pair of hands, asking for an extra pair of hands. Uh, and when, you know, you feel as though you may not be able to have those extra pair of hands, just reminding yourself that you know we're all doing what we can uh we're all we're all pitching in as best we can where we can and um you know this mutual respect needs to go a very very long way uh but we can get into that a little bit more i think that's that's one of the yeah. questions we're going to be talking about down the road i just want to start start off by saying well first of all what can we each do to take care of ourselves individually during this uh, time, this stressful time? Because, you know, after all, internal work can, for the most part, reflect positively within our relationship. So what are, are your top coping strategies? So that's a fabulous question because it starts with us and it starts within us. And so I think first and foremost, accepting that we can't change the situation and it is what it is. Uh, is is a necessary mantra and mindset and figuring out within your realm of ability, within your realm of if you're working from home, if you're doing this, if you're doing that, to figure out, you know, what is working for you and to identify what doesn't work and to accommodate and sort of reacclimate how your going through your day and how you're getting through the day. So self-care and compassion is extremely, extremely important. Um, And that includes, you know, eating well, sleeping enough, um, exercising, going for a walk if you can, uh, being mindful of um, uh, physical distancing, all these things, they, they add up to a healthy mindset right now. Yeah, and I think I think it's important too for couples to find enjoyment in their own things, right? So, like what you Absolutely. said, like going for that walk, exercising. Maybe you want to ride a bike. Maybe um, it's putting together a puzzle. Whatever, it's just giving each other that space because I think too that you may get that happy endorphin release um, when you are exercising, for example, which might put you in an overall really good mood where you're more, you know, maybe more mellow and not so reactive when issues do come up in your relationship. I want to continue this conversation and perhaps talk about the importance of giving each other space during quarantine when we come back on the Dating and Relationship Show. Stay with us. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You're tuned in to Global News Radio 640 Toronto, the Dating and Relationship Show. Joining me tonight is the lovely Joan Kelly Walker from Hello. the Real Housewives of Toronto. Hi, Joan. Hi, Laura. Marriage and family counselor Lauren Millman, as she's in studio, we're discussing relationships and how our current situation is affecting our relationship at home. 
so the, before the break, we just touched on the importance of giving each other space during quarantine. I just want to continue with that conversation. So let's talk about space. So what are some ways that couples uh, can take healthy space during quarantine, especially, well, after fights and disagreements, for example? Mm-hmm. So that's a fabulous question. You know, space brings us back to sort of relationship 101. It's a fundamental. If we don't have respect for others' space, uh, we're setting ourselves up for potentially big, big issues and and some acrimony and just uh, def- definitely not getting along. So, you know, there are a couple of silver linings that I've identified that are really special about living in this in this time of COVID-19. Um, and, and that's the opportunity to not just give others space, but to give ourselves space and to, you know, sort of see what we're built upon and made of and what our likes are and what our dislikes are and to potentially cultivate um, new activities and do things that we haven't necessarily been able to do because life is fast and we're so busy working. So part of giving space, I like to use the term um, give grace, give space. We all need room to breathe. We need room to think. We need room to be. We need room to get to know ourselves. And we also need room to sort of extrapolate ourselves from the everyday expectations and assumptions that we have about those in and around us and really take a look at, you know, who are those key people in our environment um, and really get to know them a little bit better and get ourselves out of, uh, I call them ruts of behavior, um, sort of always reacting the same way or always responding the same way. So uh, the silver lining is that space can give us many opportunities to learn more about ourselves and the people that we're living with. You know, I just want to jump in here because I've got like a prime example of this. And we, like our house is set up in a certain way so that the the gym is right outside my husband's office. And so when I go into the gym, I take about an hour and 15 minutes and I usually either have the TV on or music or something. But my husband's in his office doing work and he's usually on conference calls or, you know, things where he has to speak to other people. So I don't want to interrupt him. And so I'm feeling like I have to check with him all the time. Like instead of thinking, oh, I feel like working out right now and it works for me, I have to go and make an arrangement with him, which is, you know, one of those concessions that you have to make, but I'm just not used to having to do that. So, so that's like, like a prime example of actually physically accommodating someone else. And And most of the time he's like, no, I can take this call somewhere else. So he's, he's pretty easygoing about it. Um, But yeah, it's like, you know, communication that we didn't have to have before that now we have to have. Plus my two kids like to work out as well. And, you know, so I'm, I'm hearing them in the gym when, you know, maybe I'm trying to lay down and go to sleep early or something. So, you know, it's just been, you know, a big shift for us. So it's really yes. all about compromise too. Mm-hmm. De- definitely. It's funny because we actually have the same issues at home. The gym is right outside my husband's office and the five of us like to work out so the key here is, you know, being flexible. What I'm encouraging a lot of families to do is to sit down um, and cross-reference scheduling with each other so that everybody can figure out a schedule 
that works best for them while they're respecting the other people in the house and just trying to remember, you know, to to be flexible, maybe disappointing in the moment, you know, when you've been looking forward to um, doing a workout or doing a certain kind of workout that may be somehow intrusive to the other person or where you have to um, be quieter, but being flexible is really going to, you know, ease everybody through making this work. But and you guys yeah. make it sound and you guys make it sound so easy, but I'm sure there are people at home that are not finding it easy. So how do you redefine your boundaries and communicate your needs for more space? I when you have a partner that. that might not be willing to compromise. Mm-hmm. So I always start with, again, it goes back to relationshiping 101. I'm, I'm, I'm big on that term because it's, it's a loaded term. When, when we want anything as, as a society or as human beings, as individuals, I always tell people, you know, your best foot forward is always going to start with acknowledge and validate acknowledging and validating that way you're always enrolling the other person into your conversation um, as a, a secondary mode but primarily what you're doing in acknowledging and validating is saying I'm listening I hear you I know what you're saying I want to make this work let's have a conversation so in this sense um, you know we're, your words your tone, your affect are going to be very important. They're going to be very key in helping you get what you want and in, um, and in getting the other person to understand you're not just out for yourself. You want to make it work. You're trying to work toward a goal that is win-win. Yeah, makes sense. So yeah. acknowledge and validate. So, you know, like Joan, uh, you know, has described with her husband with some of the um, time frame issues I have with my kids, you know, I will go, and my husband for that matter, is I, I will approach them and I will say, hey, listen, you know, I love that, that you're working from home. It's so nice having you here. Can we figure out a schedule um, so that I can get my workouts in and you can get your workouts in? So we're also using the Royal Week. So if we acknowledge and validate, um, it, it's a really great skill to let people know that you're not just out for yourself, that you're looking for a win-win situation. And Laura, to your point, you know, it sounds really good, but sometimes it is very hard to control your tone or the words that you choose or just your body language. Like sometimes that is like really difficult. So my suggestion, you know, is always be, be present to how you're feeling, be present to the sensations that we're feeling in our body, because especially now, this is a really tense and anxious time. My, my best suggestion is if you're feeling that you can't convey something in a, in a thoughtful, kind, calm way, take a break, you know, disassociate, disengage, take a few minutes and come back when, you know, you can be, um, when you can be, more effective in getting your idea across and sounding less offensive, I guess, is what I want to say. Okay, we need to take a break, guys. And when we come back, we're going to... Uh, great points, by the way. And we, But when we come back, we're going to co- talk about communication and how it's so important for relationships and offer some effective communication tips. We'll be back. Now, 
now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Hey, it's Sunday night. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta. Joining me tonight is Joan Kelly Walker. Hi, Joan. Hi, everybody. And, uh, marriage and family counselor Lauren, Lauren Millman is here. We're talking about how couples can reconnect and reinvigorate the relationship during COVID-19. I want to talk about communication right now, and I'm sure you've heard this saying before, you know, communication is the key to any relationship. I know it sounds cliche, but it is 100% true, and I think that you can be um, a great talker, but you also have to be a good listener to be a good communicator, and it's about expressing yourself in a healthy way and listening to your partner and absorbing what they have to say. So, Lauren, what advice would you give to couples who are struggling, struggling to properly communicate right now? Well, Laura, I love this question because it's a question that comes up every single time I sit down with somebody. And I love the fact that you, that you said, you know, you've got to be a good listener and allow others to express themselves and really absorb what they're saying. This is often really, really difficult to do when even before you've opened your mouth, you've decided that you're already entering into the conversation in defense. So this is where it becomes really important to go in thinking of a, of a mutual goal. You want what you want, but the other person also wants what they want. So when we talk about effective communication, we're talking about not just, you know, hearing that the other person is talking, but actually listening to what they have to say. Going in with the right mindset is really going to take you where you end up. It's sort of like that magic carpet ride. If your mindset is set correctly and positively and, you know, toward a mutually um, similar goal, I don't like to use the word win-win there, but a mutually similar goal, uh, then your communication is going to be more effective. The second thing is being flexible. You're allowed to not agree with the other person, but both people need to acknowledge that it's okay to not have the same opinion and it's okay to not agree. The third and final thing that I want to say about that, because it's so super important, so, you know, what I've noticed is that things right now in this quarantine is that everything seems to be magnified so much. Like, I find myself being uh, less flexible and more defensive over things that are less important, that normally, outside of this circumstance, I wouldn't, like, you know, I would just, like, walk away from it. So, I don't I don't know. It's like everything is more delicate. Um yeah, I don't know what to do about that. Like, it's one thing to think, oh, I don't want to be defensive, but and, and I want to be flexible, but, like, how do you actually achieve that? So I think, like, you everybody's know, Everybody's stressed, right? Right. So, Joan, sometimes, you know, this comes from a place of expectation. When, you know, when we expect a certain response from somebody and, and we don't get it, get it, it also comes from, I think, being cooped up in the house all the time. Um, there's there's a bit of a misnomer out there. We're not quarantined to, you know, the four walls inside our home. Um, everybody has a different threshold beyond which will allow them to step outside of their houses. But no one has said that you can't step outside onto your front porch. 
into your backyard. So, you know, gaining a, a healthy perspective of what's going on in your life and how you're managing, I think, is, is critical to acknowledging and seeing, you know, are you magnifying things? Are you being more sensitive? And, and the things that are going to help mitigate that is getting into, you know, a regular routine of not just giving other people space, but taking space for yourself. Um, and, and doing for yourself that, you know, that self-compassion, uh, Brené Brown kind of stuff, uh, getting outside, getting some fresh air, walking the dogs, um, pursuing, you know, a passion that may be new or that something that you only do on the weekends, like cooking or reading, um, you know, doing all these things. But what, it, but what about the anxieties? I think this is coming out of anxiety. This is where it's coming mm-hmm. from, right, Joan? Because you might be feeling the anxiety of the unknowing. Maybe. You're not, and like, I you're don't... usually very busy and you've got so much going on and it pretty much everything's come to a halt. So yeah, like, and okay, also just so now for what? Me to acknowledge, like, okay, I, I think I'm feeling some anxiety. Like, I think we are, we're all going through this, uh, you know, all the ups and downs of it all. And I don't normally feel that. So I think it's, you know, the first thing is you have to acknowledge that, you know, this is happening and it's normal and And you're not the only one going through it. Yeah, exactly. You have to acknowledge, right? Even so we're all are, in this together. Even people that are by themselves, I think, are feeling that sort of punchiness. That's me. Yeah. Do you me. ever feel like that? Like do you just get sort of so frustrated and you can't figure out why? Like no, you're not you know what? I'm someone. dealing I think I'm dealing with self-isolation pretty good, actually, oh, good. Um, because I'm just using this time to, to build my business because now I'm going into a virtual online uh, platform, which I've always wanted to do. So I'm using this opportunity to do that. Um, so I think for myself, like I'm, I'm learning how to be on my own and be okay on my own. And I think it's, it's, uh, for me, it's, it's almost like a light, it's like a challenge and, and I'm enjoying it actually. I'm not enjoying not being able to get out and talk to people and be normal, but I am enjoying being able to grow, um, and become a stronger me. You know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So do you have I like a, that. a set routine every day, Laura? Uh, I well, my, the only routine I have right now is giving my dog a di- diabetes needle. <laughs> and I know I check my. Uh, no, I don't really have a routine, but I, I mean I'm working a lot during the day. But and then I work out. I make sure that I work out every day. I either set aside an hour to do that, and then get outside and walk him and that sort of thing. But but yeah, no, I, I don't really have a set routine. But I know they're staying. And Lauren, you might want to touch on that after the break. That routines are very important right now. Absolutely. This is what's going to get us through every minute and every hour of every day and help us to, you know, successfully have a positive, empowered day and then start the whole thing over the next day. Yeah, we need to take a break. We're going to talk about household duties and parenting during COVID when we come back. Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Tonight on the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, we're talking about, um, or we're offering tips on how to strengthen and better communicate with your partner so that you and your partner can come out stronger at the end of all this 
craziness. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, and the lovely Joan Kelly Walker is in studio as well. And uh, we are joined by marriage and family counselor, counselor Lauren Millman. Uh, before the break, um, I think we were talking about, what were we talking about, John? We were talking about effective communication, and I feel like, uh, you know, there's more to talk about there. Lauren, do you have any more tips on how you can have effective communication with your partner during this time? Absolutely. I want to just also piggyback on what we were talking about just before the break, because it's a great segue into um, talking about some more effective communication tips, and that's the anxiety of the unknown. You know, we're all feeling, myself included, you know, tremendous um, anxiety and nervousness about, you know, what tomorrow will bring. And I don't know if this is going to happen. I don't know if that's going to happen. And I think it's really important, you know, in order for, for us to get through this, to connect with our feelings and really allow yourself to feel this is the unknown, but, but more so these feelings that we're feeling are, are unknown because we've never been through this before. So if you feel the need to break down, I think it's important um, if you're a man or a woman to, to break down. Uh, we, we are human beings. We have, you know, these emotional needs to express ourselves. And if we don't connect with, with our own selves and how we're feeling, how are we supposed to do this um, effectively with our partners and our significant others, our children, uh, and all those other people around us. So just now, I guess, circling back to, you know, some more tips about effective communication. We've touched on a couple. I want to talk about um, using our cell phones uh, because sometimes when I'm talking with a couple uh, or an individual and they're really having difficulty articulating uh, how they feel or if they're feeling intense anger but they don't necessarily want to, you know, transfer that anger, put that anger on the other person, I'm always suggesting to these people, you know, you have other options, you know, why not put your your feelings uh, through a text and communicate through text. Sometimes for people, it's a lot easier to communicate how we're feeling uh, through text. I would just say be mindful of your P's and Q's because oftentimes tone and affect is lost through text. Uh, but that's, that's a segue actually into another aspect of effective communication. The words you choose are so important because using the wrong word, using the wrong tone even, uh, can make or break a conversation or someone may misinterpret it. When I'm talking with couples about how to communicate better, I, I like to suggest not to point fingers and in conversation use the royal we. That way nobody feels that they're being um, picked on or ganged up on uh, and you're conveying that, you know, this is really a, a win-win situation that we're after when you uh, when you are engaging in a conversation there's there's something called effective arguing um, and you know once you have these skills so that you can be an effective arguer you you learn that you don't have to go high you learn that you don't have to yell you don't have to scream you, you really do need to understand that if there's something you want the best way to get your idea across is to stay calm. The calmer you are, the better you're able to articulate and the better you are and the more successful you'll be at getting through that conversation and 
having the other person, uh, as we were talking about before, not just hearing that you're speaking, but listening to what you're saying. And how about uh, picking up on, on nonverbal cues? Um, you know, like let's say your partner's having a bad mm-hmm. day, you know, their tone seems off, they're angry, they're mad, maybe they're crossing their arms, yeah. maybe they're not making eye contact, you ask them if they're okay, they're like, uh, yeah, they're fine, but then they storm off. Like, what do you do in that case, you know, like maybe be more mindful of giving them space? Absolutely. We have to remind ourselves that everybody deals with anger and upset differently. And even though, you know, we're placing expectations on others to um, to act or react or respond in a certain way, we really can't do that because they're not us. They're going to respond or manage in their own way. So giving space is very important. Reminding yourself that how the other person is behaving um, really has more to do with them than with you. And the best way to diffuse somebody is to not to wear their behavior. Um, This is a common term that I use because nine times out of 10, how somebody else is behaving or reacting has nothing to do with you. A wonderful example is when our kid comes in screaming and yelling, our first response is what's wrong? Come here. Let me help you. Tell me, tell me what happened. What can I do for you? When our significant other, our spouse comes in, we're all over it. Why are you talking like that? Why are you angry? Can you relate to that, Joan? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm always the one that's, uh, you know, if, if there's someone that's going to leave the room in a hurry, it's probably me. So, um, yeah, but that's, you know, these are things that you should carry with you during COVID or not, or quarantine or not. Like, these are just good interpersonal yeah. skills. And it's a, just a matter of practice. Like anything else, it's practicing these behaviors. Yeah. So we didn't have time uh, or we didn't talk about household duties and parenting in this segment, but we are going to talk about that in the next segment when we come back. We're having a great show here. We'll be right back. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You're tuned in to, I was going to say Single in the City. You're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show. This is Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca. And tonight, Joan Kelly Walker from The Real Housewives of Toronto is joining me, and also marriage and family counsellor, Lauren Millman. We're discussing relationships and how our current situation is affecting our relationship at home. Now, I want to talk about household duties and parenting now. Homeschooling, for example, because this can obviously be very exhausting for parents. So I spoke with a friend this past week, and she told me that teachers are not prepared and that Parents are left having to relearn things so that they can teach their kids the lessons. So what they do as a couple is they share the duties. So she works with the eldest uh, girl who requires less work as she still has a job working from home, and her husband's laid off. So he works with the youngest who requires a little bit more help, right? And surprisingly, she says it's working out well. But let's say one spouse is doing 80% of the work and the other is only doing 20%. How would the person doing the majority of the work approach the spouse uh, with an issue like this? 
That's a great question. I'm hearing this a lot too. Um, I think it's very important to divide and conquer. I think mm-hmm. it's very important to, you know, help the child. Like if you're if you're more versed or learned, you know, in certain things, um, then that's the kid that you would naturally help out. I like how um, your friend and her husband are doing the dividing and conquering. But yes, they're they're with a lot of families is disequilibrium in the amount of duties and responsibilities, and it feels very unfair to a lot of parents. Um, so again, we're going back to validate and acknowledge. So if you want more of something or less of something, approach the other person. So I'm very careful about my words because words have meaning. So you're not going to confront, you're not going to go to, I'm, I'm picking my words very carefully because the words you choose and how you think and what you think are going to take you where you want to go. So you would approach the other person would be my suggestion and, and validate and acknowledge, you know, thank you very much for helping with this. And thank you very much for doing this. I feel a bit overwhelmed when I'm doing this because, and you would um, not list because we don't want it to be, you know, like a firing squad, but you would, I would suggest, you know, calmly share with the other person what it is you're, you're feeling overwhelmed about, what you're having difficulty with, and then make your ask, you know, would you mind if you, you know, could help me with this, this, and this, and um, in exchange, you know, perhaps I can help you with this, that, and that. So again, you know, the, the whole concept of divide and conquer is not about making concessions. You know, it's not about giving up something and losing something. It's about compromise and um, balancing that disequilibrium. But you know what? I, I can't, like, I don't want to get political here, but I can't help but think that it has to get better. And homeschooling for people that have, you know, any amount of children can be completely consuming and really, really stressful for the parent. And I know that the teachers were kind of thrown into this and, you know, there wasn't a lot of time for them to prepare, but you would think that the learning curve would be happening and they would be getting more and more prepared. In my case, our school was perfectly prepared. There wasn't even really a ripple, but my son's a bit older and he's a very independent thinker and, and, you know, he's motivated so I don't see a problem with that at all. Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't want to blame the teachers, but it like you have to acknowledge how challenging this could be for, for is, certain people. You know, she's so she's so struggling with it because she's like Laura, like I'm having to relearn math from grade you yeah. know six or something, and or five. So I have, ever, I, have I don't remember of, fractions and all and this it's stuff. It's frustrating so they have to learn because it first. they teach it differently now too. That's what she said. She said yeah. that too. It's, she it's said very it's different. differently. So can I pipe in here? And I, I just want to say a couple of things really quickly um, because this this is you know really pervasive. Um, with with the older kids, you can hire a tutor online because you know I, I know that from going through um, math with with my youngest, who's in grade nine now, things are very different. The, the math is very different. Thankfully you know, she's pretty much a, a self-learner. My my middle one, for example, is not so much a self-learner. So there there are definite difficulties. My my oldest is in university and again like you, Joan, you know, it it was it was seamless. What I want to speak to is this. You know, the the older kids, I would say probably, you know, 
Grade three, grade four, if, if you're having difficulty and it's overwhelming and it's frustrating you and it's frustrating your child, um, if you have the means to hire a tutor, hire a tutor, maybe talk to some friends. Maybe you've got friends that are, you know, better versed in this subject or that subject. If you've got little ones between the ages of two and six, this is, this is what I can say to, to, to that. You know, alleviate some of the stress put on you by, by the fact that, you know, by thinking that they have to do their schoolwork, they have to be in school. You can teach math, you can teach socialization, you can teach English simply by spending time with them. You can go out and count the leaves on the ground. You can bake and count jelly beans. You can bake and, and you know, use Measure, measurements yeah. for math. You can count pennies or dimes. So, you know, I had this conversation with a couple of people um, yesterday and the day before. Don't fret so much if your children are younger because the, 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 biggest, the biggest best thing that they can have right now is, is you and your time. And that, you know, is another wonderful silver lining about being in this situation right now. Um, do what you can is my best advice to alleviate your stress. They feel your stress. And once they feel your stress, everybody begins to shut off and shut down. And we're not even acknowledging the parents who have kids that have learning disabilities. I mean, that's a whole other level of um, mm-hmm. of challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, most definitely. But I would give them the same advice. You know, try to alleviate as much stress as possible. We need to take a break, ladies. Uh, but when we come back, we have a few more things to touch on uh, before the end of the show. We're also going to touch on how couples can deal with anxiety of sex when it's finding its way into the bedroom. Stay with us. You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. This is The Dating and Relationship Show. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta. Tonight we're talking about, um, oh, we're giving tips for couples dealing with COVID cabin fever. And joining me is Joan Kelly Walker, as well as marriage and family counselor, Lauren Millman. I want to talk about sex now. Uh, obviously, people respond differently to stress. So, so my question is, what if one person in the relationship wants to have more sex while the other doesn't? What would like either person do in this situation? And, and how can couples deal um, when anxiety finds its way into the bedroom, Lauren? Right. So these are fabulous questions. Um, so sex is very personal. It means different things to different people. Also, because everybody uh, responds to stimuli differently, I'm talking environmental stimuli, stress, anxiety, uh, work-related issues, all of this is going on right now during um, COVID cabin fever. I think it's really important to check in with your partner and you know, find out how they're feeling. Uh, for the partner that wants to have more sex, you know, I mean, yes, we have a lot of time on our hands. Maybe, um, you know, some of us have more time than than the other, and we want to get a little, you know, closer to our significant other, um, but the other person doesn't necessarily want to. So I think at that point, you know, it's very important to to ask questions and to find out how they're feeling and to potentially find out why. 
a big question, I guess, would be, you know, if the amount or the desire to have more sex is sort of out of the realm of normal before all of this happens. Um, but otherwise, you know, it could just be that with all the stresses and all the pressures that uh, that everybody is feeling, uh, your partner may not be so much in the mood for being close and intimate. So there are a couple of things that you can do. As I said, check in. The second thing is, you know, slow wins the race. So, you know, maybe do a date night or select some time where if you have children, for example, um, you're not interrupted by the children and perhaps maybe go for a walk or sit at the table and have a glass of wine. Um, This is what I call setting the environment up for success so that you're kind of easing into it or easing the other person into a more relaxed atmosphere. And you're also reconnecting, which I think is really, really important in this time. Mm-hmm. You know, on one hand, I w- I'm sort of expecting a big baby boom to happen. happen mm-hmm. after this mm-hmm. because, you know, but couples are like constantly for. together, which we may not be used to. And on the flip side of that is that, you know, that constant togetherness might make things seem a little bit more mundane. So, Lauren, do you have any other tips on reconnecting and reinvigorating relationships? And even sometimes not just relationships with your spouse, but with other people that you're quarantining with. Absolutely. That's a a fabulous question. You know, again, uh, the the essence of being human is being connected. We all want to feel connected. So when we're when we're living under the same roof and there's too much togetherness, we're not feeling connected. We're feeling in fact the opposite of connected. But in order to reconnect and reinvigorate the relationship, there are many things that a couple can do. As I mentioned um, already, you can go for a walk together and make it romantic, have wine together, cook together, spend some time together in the evening, um, doing something perhaps that you don't normally do. I know a lot of people are doing puzzles, they're, they're playing games. Um, yeah, sharing a new hobby that you didn't have before. Hobbies. Exactly, or even mm-hmm. you know, going online and investigating, looking into you know, new hobbies, doing something together. Perhaps if, if you are in a romantic mood uh, and the kids are sleeping, maybe, you know, taking a nice bath together, just doing something do men you know, take with baths? each other. <laughs> Joan, do men well, take baths? No. They do. We they love do. having a bath together. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. so cute. Yeah. With some That's bubbles adorable. and some some wine. And if, if you don't drink, you don't need to, to have anything. Just, Guys, you know, one, more, some... one more question before we, we leave, okay, mm-hmm. uh, so the show ends. What advice would you give to couples who have reached their breaking point, Okay. Uh, what are the first steps they should take to repair the relationship quickly, Lauren? So I'm dealing a lot uh, with this breaking points. I think it's important to identify what is leading you up to your breaking point and what your triggers are. So important to identify what the triggers are so that that little bubble in your brain comes up and halts you before you get sucked into responding to a trigger. And again, just reminding yourself that, you know, this is not just stressful for them, Um, but it's also stressful for you and giving everybody space. Finally, my final biggest tip is give more of what you want. 
I love it. Okay, I that's all that the time too. we have for today. Now, remember, there's no doubt that this could be a period of great struggle, but it can also be a period for great growth. Thank you, Lauren, for joining us today. Thank you, Joan, as always. Lauren, where can people find you? People can find me at www.laurenmillman.com, or you can text or call me directly at 416-576-5881, and I'm offering telephone and Zoom appointments. And Joan, where can we find you? JoanKellyWalker.com or JoanKellyWalkerOfficial on Instagram. And you can find me at SingleInTheCity.ca or Official Laura Bellotta. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Until next week, ciao for now. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.